Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our study of the Bible, our time of the study of the Word. Here we study the Bible and uh, we aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. By the grace of God, we've done 25 books of the Bible and uh, hopefully this week we shall complete our 26th book, which is the book of Ezekiel. We have done these books. If you've not been able to listen to the podcast, we've done straight from the book of Genesis. You can find them on all podcast platforms like Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer. You can also visit our website, BibleIndepth.com, and uh, you access everything about the network. you find podcasts there. you find a radio link to listen through the, the website. you find our live stream, 24-7 live stream, prayer and worship live stream right there. Kids material, clips about the Bible, articles, everything. And I believe even radio dramas that we do, you'll find them through that app, BibleIndepth.com, through the website, BibleIndepth.com. And uh, I believe the Lord shall bless you. Now, we are handling the book of Ezekiel. And uh, we had quite a discussion concerning the history of Israel and uh, what they've gone through since their captivity in Babylon. And uh, we looked at their current state right now. Yesterday we saw the war that is to come. The invasion spoken of in Ezekiel 38 and 39. That invasion that is going to be led by a major alliance led by Rosh, which is known as Russia. Meshashan Tubal, known as modern day Turkey, then Ethiopia or Kush, known as Sudan, and uh, Put, which is Libya, and of course Persia which is the modern-day Iran. Persia changed name to Iran in 1935, so we know who the major players are in this alliance that will come to invade Israel in the time to come, in the future. This war has not happened yet, but it is coming. And it was clear who will be victorious. God shall fight for Israel, and they shall be victorious in this war. The major alliance will lose terribly. And that we saw yesterday. Today, I want us to continue with chapter 40. And here now we are having a discussion, or we are told by Ezekiel what he was seeing yeah, now in his time, in that time. And it says, in the 25th year of our exile, at the beginning of the year, it goes on and says, on the 10th of the month, in the 14th year, the city was taken. Of course, he's talking about Jerusalem. On that same day, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me there. He took him back to the place. Yeah. Well, um, this is happening. And this we looked at and saw that God can take you places. In the spiritual world, it can be a travel, and you go and see the things that are to come, all the things that have been, all the things that are happening. And this Ezekiel did. And he goes there to see, he is brought there to see. In the visions of God, he brought me into the land of Israel and set me on a very high mountain. Remember, we read about such an experience also earlier in this book. Yeah? And on it, to the south, there was a structure like a city. So he brought me there, and behold, there was a man 
whose appearance was like the appearance of bronze, with a line of flux and a measuring rod in his hand, and he was standing in the gateway. The man said to me, Son of man, see with your eyes, hear with your ears, and give attention to all that I am going to show you, for you have been brought here in order to show it to you. The reason you've come is to see it, and also declare it to the house of Israel. You will declare all that you see to the house of Israel. And behold, there was a wall outside, on, on the outside of the temple, all around. He sees a wall. He's shown a wall. And in the man's hand was a measuring rod of six cubits, each of which was a cubit and a handbreadth. Of course, when you're talking cubits here, it's believed from the elbow, your elbow, to the tip of your finger, that's a cubit. And that's about one and a half feet. Yeah? That's what a cubit is. So here, when he's told there is a measuring rod, yeah, in this man's hand of six cubits, that implies this measuring rod is about nine feet. Yeah, so he sees this rod of nine feet. So he measured the thickness of on, of the wall, one rod. That means the the wall was thick nine feet, and the height one rod. So this wall that he sees surrounding the temple is nine feet wide and nine feet high. Yeah. Then he went to the gate, which first east, went up its steps and measured the threshold of the gate. Now the th- threshold, of course, is the gateway or the entrance yeah, of the gate, the size of that entrance. And it was also one rod in width. And the other threshold was also one rod in width. So they're also nine feet. The guard room was one rod long and one rod wide. Yeah. And uh, there were five cubits between the guardrooms. Now, he's being given measurements that relate to the temple. Yeah, that which he's seeing. Then he measured the porch of the gate. And he measured it um, eight cubits. That was the size of the porch. And the porch was first inward. Then he goes and measures the guardrooms as well. And uh, he picks their measurements. Verse 12, there was a barrier wall one cubit wide where six cubits square on each side, he measured the gate from the roof of the one guardroom to the roof of another. So he's picking measurements of the temple. That's mostly what these uh, chapters that come after are describing from the vision that he sees. Then he's brought, as we read here, into the outer court as well. In verse 17, And behold, there were chambers and a pavement made for the court all around. Thirty chambers first the pavement. The pavement, that is the lower pavement, was by the side of the gates corresponding to the length of the gates. So he measures it as well. And uh, uh, he goes on as well on the gate of the outer court, which is facing north. And he gets the measurements yeah, of that place. He measures the length and the width. It had three guard rooms. Yeah, this outer court on each side, and each side and its porches had the measurement as the first get. Yeah, then he's led toward the south in verse twenty-four, and behold, there was a gate toward the south, and he measured its pillars and its porches according to those same measurements. Yeah, and there were seven steps that were going up to it, and its porches were in front of them, and it had a palm tree 
ornaments. Um, it had palm tree ornaments on its side pillars, one on each side. Then he's brought in, into the inner court by the south gate. And he measured the south gate according to those same measurements. Then he goes to the inner court toward the east and he measures the gate according to the ornaments. Remember, he's using that measuring rod, which is nine feet, that gives him the exact um, distances or what he's looking for. Then he also goes to the north gate and measures it in verse 35. And um, verse 38, a chamber with its doorway was by the side pillars at the gates. There they rinse the burnt offering. Yeah, In the porch of the gate were the two tables on each side on which to slaughter the burnt offering, the sin offering, and the guilt offering. And on the outer side, as he went toward uh, the north, were two tables, and uh, four tables were also on each side next to the gate, eight tables on which they slaughter the sacrifices for the burnt offering. And uh, here he's getting the exact um, picture of the temple. Remember, he's set on high, so he's seeing everything in order how the temple was set up. And from the outside of the inner gate, in verse 44, um, there were chambers for the singers in the inner court. Yeah, uh, There were people who were there to do music, create music. He sees their chamber. He sees uh, their part. And um, this is the chamber which faces toward the south, intended for the priests who keep charge of the temple. Yeah, So he gets also to see that part of the priests. But the chamber which faces the north is for the priests who keep charge of the altar. They are those who keep charge of the temple. Then there are those who keep charge of the altar. Those who keep charge of the altar, these are the sons of Zadok, who form the sons of Levi, come near to the Lord to minister to him. Remember, there were those specific, in a specific line, Yeah, those that are supposed to come close and worship. Not everybody. You could be a priest, but if you're not in the line of Zadok, um, you do not come to take charge of the altar. Then he brought me to the porch of the temple and measured each side pillar of the porch, five cubits on each side, and width was three cubits on each side. Chapter 41, he's taken into the inner temple. Now he goes into the temple. Remember, what he's been viewing or being shown was on the outside while he's set on high. Now he's taken inside the temple. Then he brought me to the nave and measure the size of the pillars, six cubits um, on the width on the east side. And um, he's also, he measures uh, the wall of the temple, which is six cubits, and the width of the side chambers, which are four cubits all around about the house on every side. And in verse 41, the building that was in front of the separate area, that's in verse 12 of this chapter 41, the building that was in front of the separate area, the site toward the east was 70 cubits wide, and the wall of the building was 5 cubits. It's clear here that uh, the walls of this temple were huge. There were huge walls that they built. And he measured the temple 100 cubits long. The separate area with the building and its walls were also 100 cubits long. So he measured the length of the building, and he also measures the width of the building. Verse 18, it was carved with cherubim within. Yeah, When he goes into the inner 
house covered with cherubim and palm trees, and the palm tree was between cherub and cherub. And every cherub had two faces, a man's face toward the palm tree and the side, and on the side, and a young lion's face toward the palm tree on the other side. And they were carved on all the house all around. From the ground to above the entrance, cherubim and palm trees were carved, as well as on the curve of the no- of the nave. Then he goes to the doorposts of the nave, and these are square in form, as for the front of the sanctuary, and the appearance of one doorpost was like that of the other. The altar, he sees the altar now, it was of wood, three cubits high, and its length two cubits. And... Uh, he goes on and sees the carvings that are on them on the nave, the cherub and the palm trees like those on the carved walls. So he's practically being shown what this place looks like. Then chapter 42, he's taken into the chambers of the temple. So he's brought, in, uh, he's brought into the outer court. Yeah. Then he brought me out into the outer court court the way toward the north and he brought me to the chamber which was opposite the separate area and toward the north and along the length this was a hundred cubits uh, the north door the width was 50 cubits so he's also being taken to that section and he sees what is in that section in the thickness of the wall of the coast toward the east facing the separate area and facing the building there were chambers as well and the way in front of them was like appearance of chambers that were in the north. Then he said to me, the north chambers and the south chambers, which are opposite in the separate area, they are holy chambers where the priests who are near to the Lord shall eat the most holy things. Remember, there are things that were set apart for the priests to eat. Not everybody had to eat of those from the sacrifices. So he's shown the chamber in which the priests would go and eat those things from. There they shall lay the most holy things, the grain offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering for the holy place. When the priests enter, then they shall go into, go out into the outer court from the sanctuary without laying their garments in which they minister, for they are holy. They shall put on other garments, they shall approach that which is for the people. Here they are given uh, the order in which the priests uh, would do this ceremony. In chapter 43, still, uh, he's shown something special now. This is the vision of the glory of God filling the temple. Then he led me to the gate, the gate facing toward the east, and behold the glory of the Lord of Israel. The glory of the God of Israel was coming from the way of the east, and his voice was like the sound of many waters, and the earth shone with his glory. Now he starts to see something a bit unique, different. Revelation chapter 1 verse 15 uh, speaks uh, in similar manner and says, And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burnt in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Here, of course, um, in Revelation 1.15, they are talking about the Lord himself, yeah? The Son of Man, the Lord himself. And uh, his, this voice sounding like the sound of many waters uh, is similar to that which is spoken of um, in uh, Revelation, as it's spoken of here 
in Isaiah. Of course, even this that they're saying that earth shone with his glory. They talk of the same in Revelation 18.1, which says, And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. So this is something magnificent that he's seeing at this special occasion. Yeah, And it was like the appearance of the vision which I saw, like the vision which I saw when he came to destroy the city. Remember when we were reading earlier in the book of Ezekiel. Yeah, So it's quite similar to that. He came to destroy the city. And the visions were like the visions which I saw by the river Cheba, those which you saw in the beginning. And I fell on my face, and the glory of God came into the house by the way of the gate facing toward the east. And the Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court. And behold, the glory of God, of the Lord, filled the house. So now he's basking in glory. Then I heard one speaking to me from the house. While a man was standing beside me, he said to me, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet, where I will dwell among the sons of Israel forever. Now, this place that is being shown right, right now, at this present time, was broken down. Yeah, AD 70, the temple, this temple that had been rebuilt, uh, was totally broken down. And right now, when you see that area, the Temple Mount, it just has a wall. There's a wall there which they go to worship. Um, then uh, you have also the dome, the dome, uh, which, of course, is a Muslim uh, place of worship now. So this place is talking about, and says, that the house of Israel will not again defile my holy name, neither they nor their kings by their halotry and by, their, by the corpses of their kings when they die by setting their threshold by my threshold and their doorpost by my doorpost, with only the wall between me and them. And they, will, they have defiled my holy name by their abominations, which they have committed, so I have consumed them in my anger. Now let them put away their halotry and the corpses of their kings far from me, and I will dwell among them forever. There is a condition here. If I'm going to dwell among them, they have to worship me alone. They have to do as I tell them. They have to serve me. They have to put aside all other gods. Of course, this we know uh, Israel didn't do. Yeah. So, the promise was, do that and I'm with you forever. As for you, son of man, describe the temple to the house of Israel that they may be ashamed of their iniquities and let them measure the plan. If they are ashamed of all that they have done, make known to them the design of the house, its structures, these things that he has seen. They're the ones that they are telling him. Make them known of the design, its structure, its exits, its entrances, all its designs, all its statues, and its laws. And write it in their sight so that they may observe its whole design, and its all its statutes, and do them. This is the law, he's told, of the house. Its entire area on the top of the mountain all around shall be most holy. Behold, this is the law. Of the house, and he's being told. Uh, remember, when we we're studying, this is the 20, 25th year of their uh, captivity. They spent about 70 years in that captivity. So, some could have forgotten. Uh, they no longer remember what that place looks like after 20 something years. Uh, so, he's being told, Go draw it for them that they may see it and they may know. 
And uh, these are the measurements of the altar by cubits. Now he's being the given measurements of the altar, yeah, of sacrifice. And he gets those measurements as well, notes them down. The offerings, and he said to me, Son of man, thus says the Lord God, these are the statues for the altar on the day it is built to offer burnt offerings on it and to sprinkle blood on it. You shall give it to the, the Levitical priests who are from the offspring of Zadok who draw near to me to minister to me, declares the Lord God. A young bull for a sin offering, you shall take some of its blood and put it on its four horns and on the four corners of the ledge and on the border round about. Thus you shall cleanse it and make atonement for it. You shall also take the bull for the sin offering, and it shall be burned in the anointed place of the house, outside the sanctuary. On the second day, you shall offer a male goat without blemish for a sin offering, and they shall cleanse the altar as they cleanse it with a bowl. When you have finished cleansing it, you shall present a young bull without blemish and a ram without blemish for the flock. Of course, there is insisting here about issues not uh, to have blemish. Yeah, And it is told, you shall present them before the Lord, and the priest shall throw salt on them, and they shall offer them up as a burnt offering to the Lord. For seven days you shall prepare a, a, daily a goat for a sin offering, also a young bull and a ram from the flock without blemish shall be prepared. And he's told, for seven days they shall make atonement for the altar and purify it, so that they shall consecrate it. When they have completed the days, it shall be on the eighth day, that the priest shall, burn, shall offer your burnt offerings on the altar and your peace offerings, and I will accept you, declares the Lord. Here, of course, um, they are told of what they are supposed to do, then they shall be accepted. These offerings, um, he has to note them down, because where they are right now, back in uh, their captivity, some of these things they might not know, and they might be forgetting so this is mostly uh, something to wake them up or give them reference in the future. Then he brought me back, chapter 44, by the way of the outer gate of the sanctuary, which faces the east, and it was shut. The Lord said to me, this gate shall be shut, it shall not be opened, and no one shall enter by it, for the Lord God of Israel has entered by it, therefore it shall be shut. This is what he's saying. If God has used this entrance, nobody else shall use it. Hmm? They're saying, guys, let's know our limits. God has entered by this gate. We shall shut it. We shall not go through it. As for the prince, he shall sit in it. And as a prince to eat bread before the Lord, he shall enter by the way of the porch of the gate and shall not go out by the same way. Order that is being given on what to follow. Then, he brought me, by the way, of the north gate from the front of the house, and I looked, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord, and I fell on my face. The Lord said to me, Son of man, mark well, see with your eyes and hear with your ears all that I said to you concerning the statues of the house of the Lord, concerning its laws, and mark well the entrance of the house with all exits of the sanctuary. You shall say to the rebellious ones, to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, enough of all your abominations, O house of Israel, when you brought in foreigners, uncircumcised in heart, uncircumcised in flesh, to be in my sanctuary and profane it, even 
my house when you offered my food, the fat and the blood, for they made my covenant void this in addition to all your abominations. He's saying, you brought in people who are not worth and they entered this temple. You did things on your own. This is seeing in a vision. And he's seeing, of course, now this notes, when he notes this down, is getting evidence of why they are going through what they are going through. Abominations and the things they did in the temple. And you have not kept charge of my holy things yourselves, but you have set foreigners to keep charge of my sanctuary. I gave you orders on who is supposed to run affairs here. This is practically what they are being told. I told you who is supposed to enter, who is not supposed to enter, but you did uh, your own things. Yeah, And that is what he's warning them about. Yeah, that was not supposed to be done. That was a holy place. Yeah, he told them. He told them, he gave them details, but they decided to profane it with foreigners. That says the Lord, no foreigner uncircumcised in heart hmm? and uncircumcised in flesh. They are told here, of all foreigners who are among the sons of Israel shall enter my sanctuary. If you're not a Levite. You do not enter this sanctuary. That's what they're told, telling them. But the Levites who went far from me when Israel went astray, who went astray from me after their idols, shall bear the punishment of their iniquity. He's saying those leaders, the religious leaders, those who were meant to do their work and didn't do it, they have their judgment waiting for them. Yet they shall be ministers in my sanctuary, having oversight at the gates of the house. And ministering in the house, they shall slaughter the burnt offering and sacrifice for the people, and they shall stand before them to minister to them because they minister to them before the idols and became a stumbling block of the house of Israel. Therefore, I shall, I have sworn against them, declares the Lord, that they shall bear punishment for their iniquity, yeah, for that which they did in the temple, for the misdeeds they had, yeah, you know, we. We have a church. God has given us a church. And it's supposed to be the light to the nations today. And we speak today. And there's lots of things we've done in the church that are not right. We've messed it up. And there's judgment for that. Like it was for these. And they shall not come near to me to serve as priests to me. Or come near to any of my holy things to which are most holy. But they will bear their shame and their abominations which they have committed. Yeah, judgment always comes. We play around with the with the ministries. We play around with the these institutions that God has given us to lead, and there is always judgment for that. And says, yet I will appoint them to keep charge of the house of it, all its service, and all that shall be done in it. Of course, it won't get out of the line of the Levites, as he tells them here. But the Levitical priests, the sons of the sons of Zadok, who kept charge of my sanctuary when the sons of Israel went astray from me, shall come near to me and minister to me, and they shall stand before me to offer me the fat and the blood. This declares the Lord, they shall enter my sanctuary, they shall come near to my table and minister to me. It shall be that when they enter the gates of the inner courts, they shall be clothed in linen garments. Yeah, They're told, wear linen, no wool, don't put on wool. Wool shall not be on them while they're ministering in the gates of the inner court and in the house. Linen turbans shall be on their heads and linen garments, undergarments shall be on their loins. They shall not guard themselves with anything which makes them sweat. Instructions of how the Levites should dress. This 
Ezekiel has to note down and take back to them because they are in captivity. Some are forgetting 20 plus years. They are forgetting how things should be done. This is given. This is a reminder given to him in a vision. When they go out into the outer court, into the outer court of the people, they shall put off their garments in which they've been ministering and lay them in the holy chambers. So the garments you use for ministry are not the ones you use to go and play tennis. No. You, when you're going out, leave them here. Go out and do your things. Yeah. Then they shall put on the garments so that they will not transmit holiness to the people with their garments. Also, they shall not shave their heads. They shall not let their locks grow uh, long. They shall only trim the hairs of their heads. Nor shall any of the priests drink wine when they enter into the inner court. And they shall not marry a widow or a divorced woman, but shall take virgins from the offspring of the house of Israel, all a widow who is the widow of a priest. Now, um, here they are given directions on how they should act as priests. Those of the line of Zadok, those who are, attend to the major issues in the sacrifices. And uh, we'll read into the history of high priests. We try to check it uh, even in the past episodes earlier. But these things they started to follow. They were marrying virgins. They were um, making sure that they do not marry widows or divorced women or drink wine. Moreover, they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane. They will teach the people and cause them to discern between unclean and clean. In any in a dispute, they shall take their stand to judge. They shall judge it according to my ordinances. They shall also keep my laws and my statutes in all appointed feasts and sanctify my Sabbaths. Of course, here it looks like they are being given authority as the Levites, as the priests, to take charge of affairs of the nation. Remember, they don't have kings anymore. They shall go, they shall not go to a dead person to defile themselves, however, for father, for mother, for son, for daughter, for brother, or for sister who has not had a husband, they may defile themselves. So it's only uh, they are accepted to do that for family members to go and be. In a place of mourning, yeah? After he is cleansed seven days shall elapse for him on the day that he goes into the sanctuary, into the inner court to minister in the sanctuary. He shall offer his sin offering, declares the Lord. After you've gone to these uh, uh, funerals, he tells them you have some time to cleanse yourself before you return uh, to offer. And it shall be with regard to an inheritance for them that I am their inheritance. God tells them, you Levites, I am your inheritance. You people of that tribe, I am your inheritance. Remember in Numbers 18.20, they were told, And the Lord spoke unto Aaron, You shall have no inheritance in their land, neither shall you have any part among them. I am your part and your inheritance among the children of Israel. The Levites did not get any slot in the land. So, God was their inheritance. That's what he told them. Yeah? You shall give them no position in possession in Israel. I am their possession. They shall eat the grain offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering, and every devoted thing in Israel shall be theirs. The first of all the first fruits of every kind and every contribution of every kind. From all your contributions shall be for the priests. You shall also give the priest the first of your door to cause a blessing to rest on your house. The priest shall not eat any bad or beast that has died a natural death or has been torn to pieces. And uh, that marks the end of chapter 44. But here, 
He's saying, since they have no inheritance, take care of them. And of course, that has lots of debate today about the priests and the offerings. Uh, here, he gives them the offerings. says, when these offerings come, since you don't have an inheritance in the land, you don't have land to till, you're practically doing my job, my work in the temple, then you shall take care. Uh, you shall have those things brought to you as the things that shall be used by you for your upkeep. And that's a discussion that keeps on going on about offerings and tithes and whether it belongs to the priests here. They're told it belongs to you because you have no inheritance. We shall close there. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you bless us and prosper us in all ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.